Um, how many of you have never seen me before, seen us before? Okay. All right. So well, I'm just going to introduce ourselves just a little bit. And uh, I just want to say this is such a good church. Um, we've had, I've enjoyed the music. The worship is so good. Everybody does. The, you guys, it was awesome today. And, um, and then John, isn't John P. fun? He's like, and, and uh, Jonathan, and, you know, there's such good, uh, it's good to see these ministry gifts developing. And John P. got to go to Africa with us a couple years ago, and, and uh, so it was good to spend some time with him. And um, Alan, that was a wonderful message uh, and such a blessing. And uh, to just, I like to come here just to hear the offering message. And uh, so uh, it's good. Um, well, uh, we're Scott and Sue Beerman, and um, for some of you uh, may not know, we've, um, we have been connected here. I guess they already said that we were youth pastors for a time, um, but uh, we, from that time, have done a number of things, and some of the things we've, we've lived overseas um, in missions, done missions work, um, pastored a church, started a church, and pastored it for about 17 years. And then just recently, um, well, recently is about six years. Is that recent? That's not so recent, is it? It is, though, in the scope of how time flies. And um, so about six years ago, we made a transition. And my dad, uh, Bill Beerman, who um, uh, those of you who know him, they send, they send their greetings and say hi. Wish they could be there. Um, he's they're in their upper eighties. They're not traveling as much now, and so we're um, that was the big part of our transition. Was um, we uh, made this change from being pastors and moved from Wisconsin back to Colorado to take over um, mom and dad's um, missions ministry. They have were traveling and going to many different places in the world and. And uh, we saw that there was uh, an exchange that was needed to be made like a relay race. And, uh, you know, if you've ever watched a relay race, there's this little zone that you hand off the baton in that zone. And, and you need to do it in that time. If you go beyond that time, you're disqualified. Um, I don't think, you know, uh, we, we sensed that there was an urgency to move when we did. And looking back, we could see that God was really directing us and, and there was a grace for it. And you know what? Isn't that good to know that when God is dealing with us to make changes and, and doing things, stepping out in faith, that he's always there to bring grace. And one of the things that happened that really brought grace to us was that we made connections with people that um, really helped us in this new um, focus of ministry. And uh, so we inherited from mom and dad a lot of relationships and, uh, you know, the kingdom of God works on relationships. You know, it's not just you and God. You know, you guys are, you know, you're, there's going to be some other connections. There's going to be ways that um, God is going to impart to you what you need through relationships, supernatural relationships. Amen. And uh, so we found, we discovered that there were people that came into our life that spoke into, that gave us uh, a strategy for what we needed to do with the relationships that we've had uh, in these other countries and uh, in Asia, Nepal, Middle East, Africa, Eastern Europe. We got to just, you know, we're really having fun. 
this is a really exciting. And um, so, you know, there's, there's missions, and all missions is good. And we want to say, if I could just characterize, or, um, if I could identify what missions is in my heart, in my mind, is it's cross-cultural ministry. It's when you reach out across your culture to somebody else's culture. And we get that in the U.S. now because there's so many immigrants and so many people of different ethnic backgrounds that, you know what, we need to be like Jesus. Jesus reached across cultural lines and he, he loved people that were different. And um, so, you know, that's our call too. Amen. And uh, so uh, we saw that there was um, a focus that we had with these relationships that became uh, finer, that there was an assignment that God had for us, and that was, there was a more strategy. You know, um, strategy in going where the gospel had never gone before. And, uh, you know, in our missions, um, we're, we're good at, at reaching out to other people, and especially this church is a missions-minded church. Um, but historically in our nation, it's been easy to go to other nations that are close by, and you can go on short-term mission trips and have a great mission experience, and it's great. We encourage that. But you know, there's parts of the world that it's hard to do missions. It's hard to go there. Um, there's uh, political, religious opposition, spiritual opposition, and it's not easy. In fact, if you go, you know, there's, there's risks involved. And, you know, and, and so because of that, a lot of, there's some nations that have been untouched from the gospel. People have not gone to these people. They've not shared the gospel. And what we discovered was that um, God connected us with people that had a vision, a heart to empower indigenous, close culture, near culture believers, raise them up to go into places that we couldn't go. And we're really excited about how um, the results, the fruit of this has come about. And uh, we, uh, we just um, were able to implement some of the strategy of global missions, of the biblical basis of missions, and the empowering of indigenous people and we began to teach this in the nations that we were going to, like in Nepal. Nepal has over 250 uh, people groups. And out of those, a very, uh, there's a, a small percentage of those people are Christians. Even, even though they've experienced a great conversion rate to Christianity, yet still there are so many people groups that, that still don't have churches, that still haven't heard the gospel. And uh, so... Um, we have been able to, to just cast that vision to all of the, our friends and connections in ministry in Nepal. And they have grabbed this vision and they have ran with it. And in fact, uh, one particular event that we had, there were nine different denominations in a conference. Can you say amen? Can you say praise the Lord? There's, we can work together. You know, Jesus' answer, a prayer can be answered, amen, that we can all be in unity and work together. And so these, these, um, all these denominations came together and we taught them about how they can be missionaries, how they can identify the unreached people groups in, in Nepal 
people that are living close by them and how they could do it, how they can raise their own money, raise up missionaries, their own missionaries, plant churches themselves. And as they did that, as we uh, taught them, we, we just empowered them and then left. And we're saying, okay, we were wondering what they were going to do. Well, we got news that just right after we left, they began to mobilize people out of all of these different churches. They uh, raised up 30 missionaries to go into a region in the Himalayas that has the third highest peak in the world, Conchinchonga. It took me a long time to figure out how to say that. Conchinchonga, now I can say it. Now I can say it like I know what I'm saying. Conchinchonga. And... Uh, then um, there, there's a place, a region there called Tablajun, and these, there's a lot of people that are, have never heard the gospel, people groups, and, and um, it's, been, it's difficult to get back up in there. Well, these guys sent 30 missionaries up in there, Nepali missionaries. They uh, evangelized the first month. They had 200 salvations, and they were able to plant five churches up there. Praise God. Amen. And so really that's, that's kind of what happened um, with us in this last six years is that we get to do some stuff with a strategy. Do you know that in the world today there are 17,000 people groups, uh, you know, represented throughout the world? 17,000. That's a lot of people groups, isn't it? Unique people groups. And right now there are about 7,000 people groups that are unreached, that lie in, in the throes of Buddhism, Islam, uh, Hinduism, and uh, have never heard of Jesus. They could live their whole life and not even know a Christian. There's no Bible. There's no pastor. There's no church. You and I wouldn't want to live in places like this. Yet Jesus came and gave his life. He died on a cross the Father had a love, such a love for these people. And he's given the church, you and me, the great commission to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. Now, we're just including the these indigenous peoples of these nations that we're going to. We're saying, listen, this isn't a, a Western uh, religion. This isn't about Christianity come from, from the United States or from Europe. Or so, No, this is yours. These, this requires your obedience to the words of Jesus to go into all the world and make disciples. Amen. So uh, we have this, this transition, and it's just brought us to this point that we get to do some really cool stuff, and, and we're seeing some things played out. Last year, COVID year, you know, everything shut down. We weren't able to travel to Nepal. Do you know how many churches they planted last year? Because our church planters didn't stop. Our missionaries didn't stop in the Himalayas. They kept going. They planted 33 churches. Praise God. Amen. And um, so also, um, you guys, how many of you know who Muhammad Faridi is? Did you guys get to see him? Muhammad's a um, former Muslim from Iran, and um, he, he had to um, escape uh, from Iran, it was, um, there's severe persecution for Iranians. Iran has one of the fastest growing churches in the world right now. They're, they're small churches. They're house churches. But the conversion rate to Christianity is very, 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 very strong right now. And there's a great need for discipleship. 
And, um, you know, the, if a church stays isolated in a little group, um, you know, it's not healthy. You know, there needs to be uh, this connecting. And um, so um, there needs to be a networking that we get the body of Christ. And so we need to pray for our believers, uh, the family that we have in Iran. Um, Sue and I are going to go into Turkey this next week. And we're going um, with Muhammad. We're going to be talk. We're going to be um, uh, doing a conference for the Iranian pastors and leaders. It's going to be a probably a smaller group, maybe about fifty of these guys. But that's a big deal. You don't get a big group of these guys together. Some of them are traveling from Tehran, and uh, Turkey um, has been kind of historically one of the hardest or the most unevangelized nations in the world, Turkey. And um, so, but what we see is that God has a plan. And, you know, the church can come in many different shapes and sizes and colors. And, you know, we're all one in, the body, in, in Christ. Well, Iran, there's a remnant of the church of Iranians that are in Turkey. And it's, it's wonderful because God is using them to reach other Iranians, but also Turkish people. And they just, I'm, I'm so humbled to be around um, some of these guys that have, uh, you know, that are refugees that had to flee Iran for their faith. They said, I'm going to follow Jesus. And there was, in spite of threats, persecution, even death, they had to get out of the country, but they're saying, you know what, I'm going to follow Jesus. And I, I like being around people like that. Amen. It, it, it sharpened, it, it challenges me. It challenges me that, you know, there are people who have counted the cost, who've chosen to lay other things aside to follow Christ. And um, so, you know, we get to be with these people. Uh, Mohammed's been working there in, in um, Turkey for a, for a while. They've been passing out New Testaments in Farsi, and they've had exact, um, you know, thousands of Bibles, New Testaments that have been passed out. And these guys are evangelistic. Um, you would love them if they were here. You would just fall in love with them. They have such a fire and a passion to share Christ. And uh, many have, have come to Christ right out on the streets, which is unheard of with Muslims. Um, Muhammad told me, I've never seen anything like this. They're hungry people. Islam doesn't provide um, uh, any assurance of salvation. There's no, there's no peace. There's no promise. Um, it's very works-oriented. It's very heavy on performance. And there, even after that, there's no assurance. So there, there's fields that are ripe unto harvest in Iran and, so, um, and in Turkey. So... Um, be praying with us. Um, we're actually going to be um, connecting with Afghan too. Um, we're bringing these coats. Thank you for you know helping us with this. Um, we're going to be going in with several suitcases and and we've got this. Um, but uh, you know we're going to not attract too much attention, isn't that right? Like we're moving or something, moving into the country. But um, what, did you know that um, Iranians and Afghan speak the same language. Did you know that? They, they both speak Farsi. And so can you see God's hand in this with these Iranian believers are able to um, be God's hands 
and ministers of the gospel to these Afghan refugees. And so, you know, we saw some, you know, things we may not agree with on how we got out of Afghanistan. But you know what? Listen, we never need to think that the devil has anything up on us. Amen. God is greater than in man's mistakes. And usually when the church has been dispersed or or there's been upheaval or anything like this. God has used it. He's turned it. There's people from this situation that's hearing the gospel that would have not heard the gospel. So we need to be rejoicing that God's plan is going forth. Amen? And it's going to happen in Turkey. Praise God. Um, so um, I'm just introducing myself. Is that all right? I'm getting to the message. And I, I'm, I promise I won't be long. Okay. So um, there's a video. Um, one thing that we have done in, in um, Nepal is we have medical camps that kind of have a, a platform for evangelism. It's really effective. A lot of these people have never been uh, cared for by a physician. And so we, we will gather um, physicians, doctors from different parts of the world, America. But then also we get people together from uh, Nepal, um, physicians, nurses, medical people. And some of you have come with us here uh, from this church, and uh, it's really an effective thing. We we care for them. You know, if you care for somebody, their heart opens up. If you can find a way to touch somebody's life and help them, it can open them up for you to share the gospel with them. Amen? And that's what these medical camps do, and we've, we've seen hundreds of people um, come to Christ in, in Nepal, and we've seen miracles take place. We pray for people when they were they have issues um, physically and see miracles take place. And uh, so um, there's a little video. It's uh, Nepal. We're doing a lot of uh, other stuff in some other countries now. But this will kind of give you an idea of what we do in Nepal.
So today, I want to leave you with a couple of things, and that is that you have a calling, you have a purpose, and that your place, your, your part in the body of Christ is significant to what happens throughout the world. Sometimes we get an idea that, you know what, my life doesn't matter. You know, I'm just going to show up and be a spectator. Do you know that Christianity is not a spectator sport? Amen. You're not to be up in the grandstands. Amen. There's a cloud of witnesses that are up in heaven that are watching now. You don't want to go to heaven yet, do you? You don't want to join that group. Well, then you're on the playing field. There's things that you need to do. Amen. And I just want to encourage you that you, the power of the resurrection is in you. The power of the resurrection, and it is transferred through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. The apostle Paul, he said, the gospel that I preach, it is that Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again. And you know, that's the centerpiece of the gospel. Whatever we could be teaching, this is the centerpiece, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Amen? The gospel of Jesus Christ is that he died for man, the sins and the, the consequences of sin of humanity. He bore the penalty of that on his own body. He was buried. He took it all, the whole sacrifice, and was raised again. The apostle Paul Later, says in first um, or in Ephesians, the first chapter, he prays this prayer. He prays, Lord, open the eyes of their understanding that they would know what is the hope of, your, of his calling. You have a calling, and there's a hope of that calling. What is the exceeding greatness, or what is the, the riches of his glory? Do you know that God wants to clothe us with his glory? the very manifest presence of the Lord, that song that we sang where heaven and earth come together, the glory of the Lord, the presence of God. You can carry the presence of God with you. And there's a richness of that glory, amen? And then what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe? There is power that is stored up for us, resurrection power, the power that raised Jesus from the dead, that defied death and sin, Satan, all of that. We had to, there was an extreme display of God's power, and that power now is toward us who believe. Amen? It's the same power that, that Jesus spoke to the disciples, some of the last words that he spoke to the disciples, very important words. He said, you shall receive power after that, the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you shall be witnesses. The power of God comes upon us to be a witness. To be, like in a court of law, a witness is called because of what was seen, heard, experienced. Somebody that can give an account of what was done. Do you know that God wants you to be a witness of him? He wants you to be a witness of God in this world. Amen? Not a hearsay witness. Not, well, this is what my pastor said. No, what, this is what God did in your life. Amen? And, and the loaded gun that we have, and our gun is not destructive. Like, we know guns can be destructive, and, and uh, this is not the analogy of that, but it, the, the, the guns that we have of the gospel, you are a loaded gun when you share the good news of Jesus Christ. And what you do is you 
deal a death blow to this to Satan and to the power of darkness that hold people in bondage. Amen. The gospel on your lips. You say, "Well, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a I'm not a fivefold minister. That's that's for the missionary. That's no, no. The gospel. There's going to be some people. The gospel may be only heard from your lips. They may never darken the the doors of a of a church. They may not come in here. They may not have time. They need to hear the gospel today. Today is the day of salvation. Amen. Some of us, um, you know, and I've done it. I grew up in church. I thought that some assignments were for other people. But when it comes to the gospel, we all share as co-laborers to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with other people. And it's impossible to be a missions-minded church if you're not reaching your neighbors. Amen? Sometimes people will say, well, I want to be, you know, we're, we want to be missions-minded. But you know what? It starts with a heart for people who are lost. For people who have never heard of Jesus, never heard the gospel. And, you know, um, there's people who've been in our 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 nation, in our country, and they've never heard what it means to be born again. And, um, you know, when, uh, let's see how much time I got. There's, there was a, a time a few years ago that a pastor friend of mine, he's, he told me, he goes, you know, we have 80% more healings out on the streets than we do in the church. I said, really? Wow. So they get out, and, and so what they do is they go up, they would just go up to somebody and say, listen, um, I'm so-and-so, and, you know, I, I uh, just wanted to find out if you're in pain. Do you have, you know, any physical pain in your body, if there's something you're dealing with? And some of these people go, oh, yeah, sure. He says, well, can I pray for you? And, and uh, a lot of times people are so open to that. They're not, I mean, they're thinking it's a good gesture, that you want to help them. So they don't put up walls and they don't get angry at that. They welcome that. And, and so many times um, they'll say, yes, yeah, you can pray for me. And um, so uh, in, after prayer, there is a miracle. There's, there's um, healing that takes place and then there's a platform for salvation. We had that happen. Uh, this pastor, I t- asked him, I said, hey, can I come with you? sometime let's go out on the street and you know you don't have to be a street preacher you don't have to be a bible thumper right you just need to be ready to have the gospel on your lips so we went out on this on the in the beach of milwaukee did you know milwaukee has a beach (laughs) just don't be there in the winter it'd be an ice bowl but in the summertime it is very nice and uh swimming suits rock and roll party and everything's going on there and he said let's go down there I said okay let's go down there so we went out and we started praying for people we started seeing some things happen there were some Christians we prayed for and uh, but then there were these four African American boys these black boys that looked like they were division one football guys and they were wrestling around in the sand digging holes in the sand and pushing each other around one of them had this big afro and he looked he looked cool, you know, and it was like, um, we didn't, I didn't feel like we could just kind of approach them, uh, but this guy was like, walked right up to him, and uh, he said, hey guys, 
uh, I'm Pastor Ted. He says, I want to know, did any of, you guys, any of you guys have any pain in your body? And they looked at us like, what are you doing here out on the beach in Milwaukee talking to us? And, and um, one of the boys was next to this really tall kid. And this kid looked like he was a tight end. He was big. And he pushed him and laughed. He said, this guy's got pain in his body. And what he was doing is throwing him under the bus. And uh, so he, we said, oh, really? Do you, you do? And he goes, yeah. He said, I've got pain in my knees. We said, which one? He said, both. He said, well, would you mind if we prayed for you? And he said, no, no, I won't mind at all. And so he says, I'm going to have my friend. And he pointed at me. He said, I'm going to have him lay hands on your knees and just pray for healing in the name of Jesus. And he said, okay. So I reached down and put my hands on both of his knees. And I, I said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And then we just kind of took a step back. And we all kind of looked at him. His friends looked at him. And pastor friend and I, we looked at him. And he stood there and he goes like this. He goes down in his knees. And he did it again. And then he started going like this. He went, oh, oh, oh. And he was, oh. And it was funny because every time he came up, he went, oh. And, and so his friends started laughing at him. And he, and he said, listen, guys, no, listen, listen. My knees are completely better. And we were just looking at him going up and down. And fun, one of the, his friend that pushed him under the bus, you know, pushed him and said, he's got pain. He goes, well, hey, I've got pain in my knee. And I said, oh, really? Well, let's pray for you too. And so we laid hands on him. And his knee, it took, it, we prayed twice for his knee. Just did it again. You know, Jesus prayed a couple times for the blind blind. And so, you know, it, it, it was a progression. But both of these guys experienced a miracle right out on the beach. And what I saw after that just moved me. Because if you could imagine the environment out on the beach, all the partying that was going on, every, all the distractions. After that, four young men stood in a tight arc as my friend asked him, have you ever heard about being born again? One of the boys said, yeah, it's this. And it wasn't right. So I said, well, let me explain this to you. And we explained what it meant to believe on Jesus as your Savior and to begin to follow him in your life. And those boys stood there with undivided attention. They're, they were not distracted with anything. And the miracle, the power of God got their attention. It touched their bodies, but it got their attention. And then the greatest miracle took place when they accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Amen? This is what you and I have. We don't have to be the pastor to do this. Just a simple four spiritual laws. 
God loves you. Sin separates us from God. Just tell your own story. Just say, no, this is what Jesus did for me. I saw that my sin was keeping me from God. I saw that God loved me so much that he gave his son Jesus. And I saw that he died on a cross to take my sins. And if I would believe on him, I would have eternal life. You know, sometimes we don't have to be so perfect about it. Get it out. Let the Holy Spirit do a work. Amen? And this is what you have. You have been made ministers of reconciliation. The Apostle Paul, in, you know, in, in Acts, um, well, Jesus said this in Acts 1.8, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost comes upon you. That power comes upon you to be a witness. Listen, we all have these four targets, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. It's impossible for one person to touch all four of these simultaneously, but I believe God has called us to. We don't do it in our ability, but we can be an Acts 1-8 believer in a church. Be a part of this church. This is an Acts 1-8 church. This church is actively reaching around the world, reaching into its Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Amen? So you may not go. You may not go to the other side of the world. You may not be, you know, going to the uttermost, but you can be a part of this church that is. And you can be a witness wherever you go. If it's in your job, in your business, with your family. Amen? Friendship evangelism does go a long way, but listen, at some point they need to hear the gospel, not just your friendship. Right? It's not enough for them to know such a good Christian like us. Right? They need what, what they need is the gospel. In Romans 10... 13, it says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. People need to know they can call on him. Amen. And sometimes all you need to do is just get that a little phrase out. Just get that message out. Just get the gospel out. Amen. You can do it. I can do it. Amen. And God will set you up. He will set you up to, do, to, to touch people's lives. Amen. People don't need religion today. They don't need just a culture of church. They need eternal life. Amen? And the passion that we have, and you know, and, and, and you see in this in, in Iran, is that some, uh, in Turkey, that these Iranians, they get out on the street, and there's, they get it with a joy. You know, revelation knowledge, one of the byproducts, the fruit of Revelation knowledge. That's why it's so important to pray that prayer in Ephesians 1.17. Pray that prayer. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened. One reason you do that, unless you understand, you won't be walking this out. We're dependent upon the Holy Spirit. And what people need is the eyes of their understanding opened. And we can't give what we haven't received. Amen. We're called to be an Acts 1-8 church. Jerusalem, 
Judea, Samaria, the uttermost part of the earth. Listen, we couldn't do what we're doing next week if it wasn't for the, this church. We have partner churches like this. We, we wouldn't be taking this trip if it wasn't for you guys. So we're a reach that you have that fulfills Acts 1.8. Amen? And I believe this. I believe some are called to go. And that this message right now is stirring your heart. There's some fire that's being kindled because you do want to go. But not everybody does that. But we can all have the passion, the heart, the desire that God has put in our heart for all, for the world. Amen. For Iran, for Turkey, for Nepal, for the Middle East. Amen. But then right out the street, right down here at Target, different ones that we can run into, we have a heart. Lord, break our heart for what breaks yours. Help us have compassion and love. The message we give to people is that do, do we care? Do we love? It starts with that, doesn't it? Starts with love. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Let me just look around the room real quick. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, would you just raise your hand up? I want to invite you to make him your Savior, to make him your Lord. This would be the place that this would be the time to do it. Amen. Anybody? Just raise your hand. We're not a judging bunch here. We'd just be super happy if you did. Would you stand to your feet with me? I'd like to just pray a prayer for you as we close. How many of you see, see that, you know, these, this isn't my words. This is the words of Jesus. Mark 16, 15, Matthew 28, 18, talks about going in all the world and preaching to every creature, making disciples of every nation. Can you see yourself in, in this commission by being, by, the, by sharing the gospel? Can, you, can I see your hands? Can you see that? Okay. How many of you say, you know what? I want to do it. I want to do it. The want to's there. Can you just show me your hand? Amen. There's the want to. Amen. That's all God needs right there. The willingness and the want to. He's going to set you up. Ministers of reconciliation. Father, I pray for this group of people here, the church, the body of Christ here, that you've anointed, you've empowered by your spirit. Father, I thank you that they're not simply Christians that just attend or spectate, but they are believers who are engaged in the power of the gospel. Father, we thank you for the words that have been penned by the Apostle Paul. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. Father God, we make a declaration today that we are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Let it be on our lips. 
Lord, send us. Here we are. Send us. Send us wherever you would want to take us to our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost part of the earth. Let us be a light that shines brightly in this dark world. Father, we thank you. We determine not to be distracted with the things that the world is concerned about. Let us keep our eyes on the heavenly calling. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Well, it was wonderful to be with you. Thank you for being here, and, and uh, praise God. Go ahead and have a seat, and Alan, I'm going to have you come. Thank you. That was so good. So blessed. So blessed. You know, uh, I had a uh, vision, or it was a dream one time. And uh, it happened to be Judgment Day. And, you know, I'm in this line, fortunately, but there's all these other people in the other line. And, uh, and they were people that I knew and uh, people that I did business with and people that I was friends with and people that I weren't friends with, people that I probably told or at least thought, you know, go to hell <laughs> at some point. They weren't my friends. But that's what Jesus said when he said, go into all the world and Samaria and Judea and all that. And, uh, but I had this vision and, and as I was going through the line, they were looking at me and, and, uh, and I was trying to look away, but they were looking at me and they were just saying, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you share that with me? Why were you so afraid of what I would think? Why didn't you share it with me? I would be in your line and not in this line, but it was too late and it stuck with me, but I still need, I still need help because we all need that, that, uh, you know, what will they think? What will they think? And who cares what they think? I guarantee you on judgment day, they won't care what, what you think. But, uh, but anyway, that was so good. I appreciate what they did. And, and where we're at right now, where we're at in this second, there's a grace to go and the grace to send. And they're going to go and, and, and we have a grace to send. And, and we're both in it together. We're both equal. At the end of the day, the soul's that they go and actually bring to Jesus will be under our account as well because we sent. So we have a grace to send. We're going to take an offering, and then we're going to pray for them to send them out to Turkey blessed. Amen? So if you can, um, you know, make a donation by cash or debit or credit card, raise your hands, ushers will get you an envelope. If you can make out a check, make it out to New Creation Church, and if they're watching online, um, you, you can do that now. But... Um, once you get that, um, we want to pray over them and send them out blessed. We want to send them out just blessed. So, um, again, you know, there's a grace to send and a grace to go. And me personally, I'm sure glad that I have the grace to send. <laughs> I'm glad they're going, but I'm glad that I can send. <laughs> um, so let's just uh, reach out your hands towards them right now, and we'll just pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for Scott and Sue and, and, and Bryce and Megan. Lord, we just thank you so much that you put that on their heart, and um, we just send them out.